This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. Thank you guys for being here today. I know it's a holiday week into a holiday weekend, so your presence is noticed. God knows you're here. God knows your heart, and He is thankful that you're you've made the choice to be here. I want to highlight again the 90-day giving challenge. How many, I'm, I was just about to ask how many people are participating, but I won't do that. I won't do that. But look around. Not everyone's participating, so just give them the look. Like, you, you need to participate, all right? Let's partner together in what God is doing, all right? So 90-day giving challenge. The Reichs, the whole family, is on vacation, you guys. They're in Disneyland. The cat's away. The four cats are gone. All of the cats are gone. So, Pastor Kevin, as you listen, your church is going to promise to be mice that listen to you and your direction. All right? Yeah. <laughs> Did I just get another boo? I don't know. <laughs> boo. No. Pastor Kevin, we love you. Pastor Rhonda, Pastor Trenton, Pastor Allie, we love you guys. We pray that you're having an amazing time. He texted me yesterday, and he's like, we just went on the Guardians of Galaxy. It used to be the Tower of Terror. And when we went there um, with them in, like, 2018, I was like, no, <laughs> no, no. I hate the feeling of being dropped, and that's all that ride is. So, No. They shake you around. Even better, uh, shaken and stirred. Uh, he actually said it was the most amazing ride. So, yeah, he's lying, says Frank. He is lying. He's trying to lure me in. <laughs> you guys, don't forget to sign up for Jingle Jam, okay? Don't forget to sign up. Don't forget to tell your friends and your family. I already like email blasted like people I barely even know. Hey, let's go. There was, and it was all like my outflow contacts and stuff that I contact and, you know, run that event. And there was one of them. They're over the Hidden Lakes retirement. And they're just like, I'll let all of my community know. I'm like, oh, all 260 of them. So get ready for four shows. All right. <laughs> Let's go. How many people would love this place to be filled all three shows and have to add another show? Yeah, everyone but the people up here. That's like, it's so long of a day. Yeah, and then the people would have to reset up the chair. Yeah, there's just a lot. Anyways, good morning. Good morning. Right. Good morning. You guys, Thanksgiving, what an, what an amazing holiday. You just get to get together, be thankful, and eat like Oh my goodness, best holiday other than Christmas. I know Christmas is a good holiday, but it's a special day, right? How many people ate too much? Yeah, and I don't need a special holiday for that. That's every moment of every waking day for me. How many of you have, have that tradition where you, you get your meal and you pray and then you sit around while your food's getting cold and you're like, I'm thankful for my house and right you have this tradition of going around the table and everyone says something that they're thankful for how many people have that like four okay <laughs> it's okay we don't have that tradition either 
We don't, we've done it before, but again, your food starts to get cold. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not kind to talk to your mouthful. I love the idea of, tra- of traditions, though. Uh, I love how it makes us think a little bit harder to see the good things in life, right? Because we can always, we can come up with 20,000 bad things, but sometimes it's hard to get those good things towards the front of our thoughts, right? So a few weeks ago, I had a, a meeting with my building care team. A little plug, if you want to get involved in something facilities-wise, talk to me, talk to Dane, who's an usher back there, and Marty. Uh, we can all get you involved in that ministry. Anyways, um, had a meeting, and I talked to three of kind of my lead guys, and I was like, hey, can you like bring some perspective to the meeting? I let them know at like 2.30, the meeting was at 6, didn't give them a lot of time. They were like still at work. They're like, what the? And I was like, could you like bring us back to the foundational truths about this ministry, what it means to you, and, and you know, why do you serve? And it was really, really challenging for them. I had, I mean, there were actual like tears shed at this meeting. A bunch of guys, you guys are judging us right now, I know. A bunch of, bunch of guys sitting around were just like, it means so much to me. That was mostly Dane. Uh, <laughs> He's, he's looking in the back window right now, just, mm, I'm going to get you later. Uh, anyways, I cried for him. Anyways, I, I love this idea about, like, thinking about the really good things, right, in life and kind of keeping those as a base of foundation, right? And so I have a, I have a video today that I'm going to start out with. It's only about a minute, 16 seconds long, and it's a Instagram reel. You guys like Instagram reels? <laughs> no. Booze, nose, whatever. You guys, I have the mic. It's good to go. I have a, I have a video. It's, it's actually, it really touched my heart, this video. But I'm going to premise it with this. There's, it's a guy who just, I believe he had his wisdom teeth out, so he might be on drugs, okay? So... <laughs> He's coming out of his drug-induced coma at this point, and he says three words that some of you may find offensive, okay? The first one is O, okay? Second one is my, and the third one is God, okay? He says these words a few times in this video, all right? So I hope, I hope that it's not too offensive to you that you cannot see the heart behind the message of this video, all right, can we all agree to try to get over ourselves for just like a minute, 16 seconds and go, and then don't text Pastor Kevin because I'll get in trouble. No, <laughs> I asked him about this video and he was like, Meh. so that was my answer and that's why we're going to show this video right now. Is that a nice chair? Yeah. yeah is that better than the one you have at home? I have a chair. I have a chair for myself. Yeah. No way. Remember, mom and dad bought it for you. I have a mom. <laughs> oh my god. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Who am I? I'm your dad. Oh my god. I'm your dad. Two sisters, too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Where are they? Well, they're at work. Oh, they got a work. I can't 
So I hope you can come back to the, the heart of that message where he was able to see that because he had a chair, a mom, a dad, sisters, a dog, a dog named Bane from Batman, which I guess he likes a lot. All of these things, these really, really basic things, he was able to go, my life is perfect. All right, it's taking this perspective and going, no, there's something about just these really basic things. And, and as you're looking at this guy, you're like, man, he's all tatted up, like he doesn't look like this emotional type of dude, but man, the heart, like warming just sensation of like watching that video, I get it every time, I've seen it way too much, way too much, I love it. But today, I'm gonna bring us back to the heart of gratitude. Okay, so that is actually the title of my message today. And I want to look at gratitude a little bit differently today because you can take gratitude and you can think, take thankfulness, or, right? Because we just had Thanksgiving. This isn't a Thanksgiving message. We're not just thankful today. We're going to go back to the heart of gratitude. So I want to look at the word Thanksgiving or thankfulness, and it's actually something that's very, very circumstantial, okay? So you can be thankful for something happening. You can be thankful that somebody said something nice to you. You can be thankful for all of these things, all of these circumstances. But gratefulness goes beyond our circumstances, okay? It's, it goes beyond our circumstances. The, the quality the gratitude defined is actually this, the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for, and return kindness, an emotion or sentiment of thankfulness. Gratefulness goes beyond our circumstances. Everyone say, goes beyond. Okay. The, in 1 Thessalonians verse, uh, chapter 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This word in, that tiny little word, can, can be translated as a marker of a position defined as being in a location, in and among. So the Greek word for this is in. The Greek word for in is in. It's spelled differently, but I just wanted to give you some extra context there. I like how my computer say it. It's like, in. I'm like, oh, that was enlightening. This word in means we are to be present in our circumstances, yet have gratitude. Despite our circumstances, we are to continue in gratefulness. So happiness is fleeting, right? We've all heard that. Happiness is fleeting but joy you can find at any moment, at any time. Gratitude is like joy. You can have gratitude despite your circumstances. 
And in look, looking further into the origins of the word gratitude, it actually comes from the Latin word gratia, which means grace, graciousness, and gratefulness. So grace and gratitude are not just related, they're actually born from each other. So grace, God's grace, leads us, should lead us, to this word gratitude. They're actually birthed, gratitude is birthed from grace. And I love that. I love that. So God's love, shown through his grace, leads us to gratitude. It's critical that grace leads us to gratitude, and gratitude leads us to even more grace. Because of what God did, he gave his son, and through the sacrifice of Jesus, we have been offered this free gift of grace. And the only way to repay it is to live with such gratitude that it transforms our lives so much that our actions change. We begin to live not for ourselves, but in the light of grace, we find such meaning in our lives to live for the benefit of others. God so gave his son and his son gave his life so that we would do the same. We give our lives so that others might see and witness the grace gift. And we cannot do that without gratitude. Gratitude gives us the ability to withstand our circumstances. It gives us the ability to keep our focus on God and what he wants for us. No matter what happens in this world, gratefulness will always see us through to the other side. So we have defined this word gratefulness. It's not something that's circumstantial. It's something that goes beyond our circumstances. It's something that we don't just have. It's something that we become. It's something that we do, right? Because you can be thankful for something, but gratitude you actually give back to God as a gift. So today's passage, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here, and we're going to start in Luke chapter 17, if you guys want to start turning there um, or opening your apps on your phone. But real quick, I'm going to pray. So God, thank you for this message today. Thank you for laying it on our lead pastor's heart. God, thank you for tying my heart to this message as well. God, thank you for working in me while preparing for this message. God, and I pray that you would therefore work in your people today. God, that the Holy Spirit would be present. God, that hearts would be receptive to your words today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Luke chapter 17. We're starting in verse 11 through 19. I'm reading out of the NIV. NIV. Uh, this is when Jesus heals 10 men with leprosy. All right, verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity. This word pity is defined as having great concern for us to be moved with emotion or to have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back and praised God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? 
Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So I want to give you a little bit of context about this passage. And I, re- I want to focus on what it meant to be a leper back then. There, there are still lepers today. Most of they actually call it uh, Hansen's disease. And it's, it's a form of leprosy. It's not quite the exact same as what it was back then. But leprosy was a social death sentence, okay? You, you, by Levitical law, you were actually outcast out of normal society. You were not allowed back in normal society. And this, it was a physical condition that you would have uh, a lot of times. Well, I'll get to the explanation of that, but you would actually go to the priest and they would decide based upon your symptoms if you had leprosy and if you were to abandon your entire life and be outcast. So I I found this in an article, so I'm going to read this to you. It says, the origin of Hansen's disease or leprosy, as we know it. So leprosy has terrified humanity since the ancient times and was reported as early as 600 BC in India, China, and Egypt. Leprosy is still a major health problem in many parts of Africa, Asia, Latin America. For many centuries, leprosy was considered a curse of God, often associated with sin. It did not kill, but neither did it seem to end. Instead, it lingered for years, causing the tissue to degenerate and deform the body. Many have thought leprosy to be a disease of the skin. It is better classified as a disease of the nervous system because the leprosy bacteria attacks the nerves. Leprosy is spread by multiple skin contacts and as well by droplets from the upper respiratory tract, such as nasal secretions that is transmitted from person to person. Its symptoms start in the skin and peripheral nervous system and outside the brain and spinal cord, then spread to other parts such as the hands, the feet, and the face, and earlobes. Patients with leprosy experience disfigurement of the skin and bones, twisting of the limbs, and curling of the fingers to form the characteristic claw hand, The facial changes include thickening of the outer ear and collapsing of the nose. Tumor-like growths called lipromas may form on the skin and with respiratory tract and the optic nerve may deteriorate. The largest number of deformities develop from loss of pain sensation due to extensive nerve damage. For instance, the inattentive patients can pick up a cup of boiling water without flinching. So it kills their nerves. It was the work of Dr. Paul Brand uh, with leprosy patients that illustrated in part the value of sensing pain in this world. The leprosy uh, destroys nerve endings that carry pain signals. Therefore, patients with advanced leprosy experience a total loss of physical pain. How many people would love that? There's some people in the back. And I mean, there's mornings I wake up and I'm like, God, give me leprosy. No, I never, I never, I never asked for that. I'm just kidding. But I would like some pain relief. When these people cannot sense touch or pain, cannot sense touch or pain, they tend to injure themselves or be unaware of injury caused by an outside agent. In fact, some leprosy patients have had their fingers eaten by rats in their sleep because they were totally unaware of it happening. The lack of pain receptors could not warn them 
of the danger. And I actually have a slide of some people with their hands chewed. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have that. <laughs> Julie's like, did you change your slides? Because I did not proof that slide. No, some of you instantly were excited. I'm not going to lie. You're like, ooh. And some of you are like, Bleh. So <laughs> I did not have that slide. You guys can Google that on your own. Okay. But people... Needless to say, people who had leprosy were seen as very, very unclean. They were seen as something that needed to be removed from society. And that's exactly what happened. They were removed from society. They, they couldn't touch anyone. They actually had, Levitical law had um, things in place for distance. They had to stay downwind of people, okay? Because they, they didn't know how it was transmitted. They didn't know how this disease moved from person to person back then. We know now. Um, but that's why these men called Jesus from a distance because they were following the Levitical law. They probably even maybe circled around, made sure they were downwind. And they're like, hey, over here. They couldn't have any physical touch. They couldn't get one of Frank Slider's hugs. Have you guys ever had a hug from Frank Slider? You know, raise your hand if you've had a hug from Frank not enough people, Frank. Not enough. At the end of service, we're going to have a receiving line. Frank will be in the back. Please, please wear a mask. Uh, no. Why do I have leprosy? No, I don't think so. Um, anyways, it, there's something about physical touch that we as people, man, if you don't have physical touch, holding somebody's hand, even putting your hand on their shoulder, you know, on their leg or whatever, just there's something about touching another person that does something to you, right? It physically changes you. And without that, man, you're missing a lot. So there's, there's a lot to this leprosy thing. There's a lot that these guys were missing in life. They, their life was literally taken from them because of this disease, But I want to ask you this question. As these men were walking away from Jesus, because Jesus didn't go over there and touch them and say, you're healed. He said, go. go just go see the priest. And on the way to see the priest, they were healed. Right? Maybe their, their hands were unfolded because of the claw hands. Maybe the, the little skin flakes started flaking off of them. Maybe they had fingers that were eaten off by rats and they just regrew and their nose inflated again. And that, I mean, all of these physical things that could have been happening to them, their feelings started coming back. They started going, I can actually feel my feet on the ground again. And the excitement that would have built up in them and them going, oh my goodness, I'm going to be able to go back to my wife. I'm going to be able to hug my kids. I'm going to be able to see my mom and my dad. And all of these things are going to be amazing. And I'm going to be able to re-enter the world and I'm going to be a part of society again. And those thoughts led them away from gratitude. 90%, nine out of the 10 of these men decided not to go back and give God the gratitude that he deserved. Only one came back. So I ask you, why did only one return? 
Why, why was it only that one? And he was a Samaritan. He was seen as a half-breed Jew. He wasn't even one of God's chosen people. And many commentators, as I was researching, they're like, well, if this one was called out as, as a Samaritan, the other nine must have been Jewish because it says the one Samaritan came back. So the other nine must have been Jews. They were called people of God. They were called God's chosen people, and yet they couldn't come back and give God the glory. Why? I think, I think they were pretty self-consumed. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine all of those things physically happening to you and you being so excited about seeing your family and your friends and being able to like get within 50 yards of somebody again and all this kind of stuff and just being able to witness all those things, it, it takes your mind to a different place. But, but having this heart of gratitude is supposed to take us back to a foundation. But I think today in our society, we can be a really entitled, self-centered people too. And you can think you deserve more than, than you have, especially Americans. We can, we can think we deserve a lot more than we have. You can think that maybe your position on your job isn't good enough. Maybe you, you don't like maybe the person you're in a relationship with and you think you can do better. I mean, that may be the case. But I, I look around. I don't, do you guys see the, like, the old 80s cars anymore? The horrible design of the 80s car. You don't see those around anymore. All you see is like cars from like 2010 and newer. Why? Because everyone has to have Bluetooth in their car. I got to have that backup camera. I, I've, I've got I've to have one of those cars that start driving themselves, right? Everyone has to have that new thing. They have to have what's, what's coming next. You have to have the, the new iPhone because it has 2,000 cameras on it, and it has a screen bigger than this building, right? I mean, you're never going to use all those features, people. It's a phone, all right? Mark 4.19 says, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So it's not... It's not it's not necessarily bad to have these things. It's not necessarily bad to go, no, I, I, I deserve more, right? I, I want more, right? It's not, it's not bad to, to think those things. But if you're thinking those things so much that you miss this foundational gratitude of what you actually have, then maybe you're doing something wrong too. And let me tell you, if you think you are immune to the ways of this world and that somehow this, a sense of entitlement ha has just somehow skipped over you and that you don't deal with some of that, and I, I can tell you, you're probably wrong. I, I wouldn't say that everyone here is the most entitled person I've ever seen. But we have, every person has a level of entitlement. And just like these men, probably 90% of us wouldn't return to tell God thank you. Gratitude is the only thing that keeps our hearts in line with God. It keeps our perspectives in check. It, it, it fills our hearts and minds, and it pushes out everything else that distracts us. When you fill your heart with gratitude, it actually pushes out everything else. And all you feel 
is gratitude. All you experience, all you do is based on the gratitude that you feel for your God. For example, when you lose gratitude for God, for a God-given relationship with a friend, and when you have uh, left frustration, strive for the little things they do, you know, eat away at you, then you have made space in your heart for something else. You, you start to pull away. You start to talk behind their back. You start trying to make the, re- you stop trying to make the relationship work. And there's the, the big one of you just start giving up. And when you start giving up, your lack of gratitude, this, this root of your relationship gets damaged. And when the root gets damaged, what happens? It dies. When you, when you don't feed that root, when you don't feed what's your base, it's going to die, it's going to wither, it's going to shrivel. We must live our lives with a heart of gratitude, but why? Why must we? Because gratitude is a building block of our faith. We glorify God in our gratitude, and our hearts will be encouraged. And our gratitude is contagious. God actually commands us to be grateful. And I already, I already read it, I already used this passage, but in 1 Thessalonians, he says, give thanks in all circumstances. It is, a, it is a commandment from God. He goes, man, I hope you guys do this. No, he goes, no, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in all circumstances, rejoice. Find thanksgiving. Gratitude shapes our emotions. It will actually take us from depression to appreciation. It removes our doubts. It, it, it creates these holy blinders that, that we only get a look at these really good things in our lives. It keeps all the other distractions away. So today I have three points that I'm hopefully going to be able to get through really, really quickly about having a heart of gratitude. And the first one is having a heart of gratitude shapes our attitude. So a few weeks ago, this isn't a story I'm proud of. A few weeks ago, I went to Carl's Jr. I like Carl's Jr. I like their big Carl sandwich. I really like their big Carl sauce. And so I always, I don't like their fries, but their, their Chris Cut fries are pretty good. So I get the Chris Cut fries, and I always go to the window, and I'm like, give me a large portion. I always say this, a large portion, a large amount of your big Carl sauce. And they're like, uh, let me see what I can do. And I'm like, I know exactly what you can do. <laughs> Get me a large amount. <laughs> and then every time, without fail, they'll be like, here you go. And it's one of those tiny little containers, half full. And I'm like, perfect, enough for two fries, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, losing my mind at this point. And I don't say anything, because I'm just like, whatever. So I just drive away, and all these thoughts start going through my mind, like, does, this, does it come out of your paycheck? Does, <laughs> do they dock your pay because you gave too much Big Carl sauce? Is that what happens? Right? Are you physically producing this, and you just can't do it anymore? It's sauce, people. Come on. And so I'm just like, yeah, in my mind, and all of a sudden, God's like, aren't you preaching on gratitude coming up here pretty soon? And I'm like, shut up, Holy Spirit. I want to be mad right now at these Carl's Jr. people, right? 
But no, I was like, honestly, I was like, okay, let's shift my mind. Let's shift my perspective. God, let's do a work in me. You know what I mean? I'm just, whatever you got, God, speak to me. And man, he spoke something really, really good to me. He said, I think the church has ketchup. And it did. And my life was saved, right? <laughs> Wasn't my first choice, right? Sometimes you just need that little glimmer of hope, right, to pull you out of your dark mind situation of some big curl sauce. I don't know. But <laughs> gratitude does shape your attitude. And the, the moment that I found that little tidbit of hope, my, my, my perspective changed. I was able to go, I'm not so mad at these Carl's Jr. people anymore, I, right? I was just like, I'll, I'll be fine. I'm going to live. Even if I don't have ketchup, it'll be fine. We'll make it through, right? Because gratitude gives us the ability to have long vision or, or as we hear it in the, in the Bible as long suffering. Gratitude will actually replace, and I've talked about this before, it, it replaces the bad thoughts, it replaces all of those negative thoughts with something that is good, something that is holy, something that we can grasp onto and hold onto in the circumstances that want to tear at us. And when we can hold on in those circumstances, when something in our mind goes, no, you know what? I've got a really good God. And you know what? I do have a place to work. And that, you know, maybe my finances are not the best right now, but I can work at those and get those better. And there's something that gratitude can do in your life that, that starts shaping and changing your attitude. It transforms your attitude. Because God never promises to keep us from trouble, but he does promise to see us through it. A heart of gratitude will, keep us, will help us respond to the future regardless of what's going on. Why? Because gratitude is not circumstantial. The future isn't promised to be better. In fact, the Bible actually says that as we enter into the last days, what's going to happen? Things get worse, right? We, we as Christians will be persecuted. You guys are like, I'm out. No. Stay true to God. Stay true to the gratefulness, and he will see you through. Ephesians 6.12 tells us, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You can't run from your issues. You can't hide from the things that bother you. When we live with gratitude, our attitude begins to shift. Gratitude will open our eyes to all sorts of things we have actually become blind to. You guys, I've commuted for 20 man, 20-some years, like every day, almost every day now, because I work two days at the church. But for 20-some years, I've commuted. Do you know how many times I have not looked off into the distance and seen the beautiful scenery of Mount Hood and went, God, thank you for your creation. God, thank you for your beauty. God, thank you for the amazing things, the, the, the amazing state that you've put me in. God, I'm so close to the ocean. God, I'm so close to the mountains. God, there's so much beauty here. We get lost in what we're doing. We get lost in, in just the busyness of life. 
And I'll say it again, we must live our lives with an attitude of gratitude. It will take us from depression to appreciation. The things that bother you, the things that tear at you, those will turn and you'll actually find an appreciation in them. Gratitude shapes our emotions and it, it removes our doubts. It acts as holy blinders. And the more we practice gratitude, the more we will trust God. Because as you see the things that God is doing in your life, and you begin to be grateful for those things, you actually begin to trust him with more in your life. And so that leads me to my second point. Having a heart of gratitude builds our trust. So let's look back at this main passage, uh, verse 15 and 16. And it says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God with a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was the Samaritan. This half-breed Jew, the Samaritan, knew he was where his healing came from. He knew that Jesus was the source of that. And that caused him to do something. It caused him to do something physical, which was actually turn around, not continue on to the priest, but to turn around physically, it caused something in his brain to click and go, I have to go back. And then it caused something to happen in his heart too. Because in acknowledging where his healing and came from, he knew that he had to give God praise. This half-breed Jew, he, he didn't even believe the same things that the Jewish people believed. He knew, he was like, no. There was this amazing miracle that happened. I, I know I have to go back. I know where my gratitude is supposed to lie. So when God does something for us, we trust him with more and more. Without a heart of gratitude, we won't even see what God is doing in our own lives. And that's the sad part, is that without gratitude, a lot of times, you can't even see what God is doing in your life. You, you don't even think to look. My wife and her family have gone through some really tragic things in the past number of years. They've they actually, Tiffany, lost both of her nephews. One to cancer, like at age 14, and then one at age 22 to suicide. They were brothers. The only kids that her brother and sister-in-law had. And they, they lost both their kids. She lost her nephews. My kids lost their cousins. Grandparents lost their grandkids. How can you be grateful for that? I was talking to my oldest daughter, Shay, uh, this last week and about this and I said what if what if these two lives were traded for one is it worth it and she goes what do you mean and I said well I said your your uncle Corey their dad he he didn't really follow Jesus he was on this roller coaster uh, of this emotional roller coaster of relationship with God and he never really pinpointed he never really connected with God in a way that he really fully gave his heart away but after these tragedies and yes it took years 
of God working on him, the Holy Spirit speaking into his life. But he was actually able to be grateful for the time that he spent with his boys. And he began to trust God with his heart. Having a heart of gratitude causes us to trust. When we learn how to trust more in God, we can stop trusting so much in our own abilities and our own strengths. The weight of circumstances and responsibility, the, the ones that weigh us down in a way that keep us focused only on ourselves. With gratitude, we are looking back on what God has already done for us and being thankful for that. It builds our trust in Him. And when you build your trust in Him, Man, nothing else matters. Nothing else can come against you. In our Armed and Ready seminar a few weeks ago, PK's brother Paul came and and we had an amazing day. One of the things that he said was, worry and anxiety are forms of fear based on a lack of trust in God. I'll read that again. Worry and anxiety are forms of fear based on a lack of trust in God. So if grace leads us to gratitude, right? Remember that? Grace is the the root word of gratitude. If grace, this grace gift that God gave us through his son will lead us to acting out gratitude, then attitude lends more to trust. And as we trust, our fear fades. And as our fear fades, we see less and less anxiety and worry in our lives. Do you see the benefit of gratitude here? Heart of gratitude transforms our lives. And yeah, this can be kind of an overarching like statement of how it transforms our lives. But the Samaritan, the one who returned, he was the only one who got the full expression of grace for his gratitude. It changed his life forever, forever. Eugene Peterson, through his uh, message translation, he said it this way for, for verse 19. He said, get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. There wasn't just a healing that took place there of his physical body. There was a healing of his soul and his spirit. There was something that gratitude did for him. There was something that being grateful to God and showing God that gratefulness, it changed his life forever. Because of what he physically did, God gave something to him very, very eternal. Having a heart of gratitude transforms our lives. It changes our perspective of God. We can trust him more. It alters our perspective of others. We can, <laughs> what we are thankful for, we actually love more. It changes our perspective of our church. Instead of wondering what the church is or isn't doing, maybe gratitude will lead us to start praying for our church in a different way. It can stretch our perspectives of our mission, our own personal mission. It, can, it points us back to our purpose, right? Because it is foundational and it adds our trust into God. It offers a life-changing perspective of ourselves. Yes, we even need to have gratefulness for ourselves. We need to understand that we are God's creation, that he created every single one of you in a special way. 
Every one of these has a cause and effect. You can see how gratefulness can reshape who, who we are when we allow it to permeate into every aspect of our thoughts. Gratefulness produces fruit in us. When we live with gratefulness, we begin to do things that have meaning because gratefulness keeps our minds clear of anything that would hinder the mission of God in our lives. Remember, it keeps those blinders on. It filters out the unworthy things, allowing growth to come from the worthy things. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Gratitude will always point us in the right direction. As we pour back into relationship with God, he in turn will then draw near to us. Just like, the, just like the Samaritan, when he came back and he said, God, thank you so much for what you did in my life. I can't tell you how much this means to me. God goes, I, I just saved your soul. I didn't just heal you, I saved your soul. Another way our lives are transformed, the, the gratitude strengthens our relationship with God. It reshapes our attitude towards him. Obviously, we can trust him more. That was my second point. We can see his mercies and experience his, his grace in a different way. We can see the beauty that surrounds us, his creation, and we can be in relation with each other in a new and different way. We can build God's community stronger and stronger. And there are so many health benefits, so many actual physical health benefits of gratitude. I have some written here, but I'm running short on time. So you guys, look them up. They're out there. I mean, the literal, this, <laughs> this thing of gratitude will actually change you physically. It will extend your physical life. And I hope, I hope I've made it parent today. I hope that through the power of God's word that he has spoken to you something about gratitude and how having this heart of gratitude can reshape who you are. It can reshape our community as a church. And as we show gratefulness and not bitterness, maybe towards our government, maybe towards a gas attendant, maybe towards someone working at Carl's Jr. Maybe as our attitude shifts and we begin to trust God more and that life transformation starts to happen, maybe, just maybe, Somebody's going to see that and they're going to go, man, there's something about you. There's something about you that is so attractive. I, I want that. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're using this as a lure, as a bait to start fishing. As God said, be fishers of men. Has everyone heard the phrase, you can't see the forest for the trees? Everyone heard that before? Yeah, like two people. It's fine. Well, if you hadn't, it's right up there. The, the heart behind this saying, it's about gaining perspective. That when we get too close to something, we can miss the bigger picture. We can miss all the things that are going on around us. And one of my most favorite things, not, is when somebody's like, look at this. And it's this close to my face. <laughs> when, it, when somebody puts their phone three inches from my face, you know what I can't see? Anything on their phone. I can see 
the phone. I can't see anything else. It's just too close. Everyone's laughing because they have all done it to me. So I'm asking you to, today to step back and, and, and regain some perspective. Let's take a look at what God has done for us, what God is doing in us, the simple things. This 90-day giving challenge, I hope it encourages you to actually look for how God is moving and working in your life. Look, look for his mercies. Look for his gifts of grace. Look for uh, just how he's personally blessed your life. Like, like the guy in the video at the beginning, I pray that we can come back to a heart of, of gratitude in a way that it changes our perspective of things. Like, man, I'm so happy I have a chair and a mom and a dad and sisters and a dog. so that someday maybe we can say, my life is perfect. Having a heart of gratitude isn't something we can just say we're going to do. It's something that we have to practice. When God, when God tells us to be thankful or to have gratefulness, it's not something we can just let happen. It's not something that we can just feel in the moment and just go, well, I feel grateful today because, you know, I just woke up that way. No, regardless of how you wake up, regardless of the situation, that's where you find the benefits of gratefulness. So today, let's gain some distance. Maybe peek around the tree to get a better look at the forest. But maybe today you've got to climb to a different height to gain some perspective. God, I pray today that your people would grasp this heart of gratitude. God, because you are a great God. God, you are so, so good. God, regardless of what's going on, regardless of, of the, the decisions that our government is making, God, regardless of gas prices, God, regardless of our employment situations, God, regardless of all these things in our life, God, it doesn't change how good you are. God, it doesn't change that, that you gave your son for us in this amazing act of mercy and grace. God, as you offered your son to us, God, to restore our relationship with you. God, what an amazing thing. And I pray right now that, that if, if anyone here does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I pray that when I'm, when I'm done praying and the, the prayer team is up here, God, I pray that you would move their heart to come forward. God, because regardless of what's going on, you're worth it. God, and if, if people doubt that, just talk to anyone here in this room that knows you. God, you're worth it. God, you're worth our praise. God, you're worth our thanksgiving. God, and you're definitely worth our gratefulness. I thank you for everyone here, everyone watching online. God, touch their hearts today. Speak through their lives. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys, thank you so much for being here today. It was a pleasure sharing with you and the prayer team's coming forward. If you do need prayer, if you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, please come forward. We have some really amazing people that would love to pray with you. All right? You guys have an amazing week. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.